Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. to the Lazy Geeks podcast, our weekly news podcast that discuss news that interest us from the past week. This is for the week of November 13th, 2016. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. Yes, 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 you are. Thank you. <laughs> you know, because I, you know, sometimes I think, you know, people may think like, is that really Adam? Is that really Adam Riley? And, is it? Is know, it? Yeah. And I just kind of want them to be like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it kind of is. Because, <laughs> you know, everybody wonders if you're really you, you know. Because, right. like, nobody like that can exist. I mean, shit. I mean, look. <laughs> it is what it is at this point. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, um, I guess uh, let's let's jump into this little ditty that I have for you guys this week. Ditty. A little ditty. Um, last week, we brought you a story that stated that Nintendo was going to end production of their Wii U console a week ago this past Friday. Well, as we said on the podcast, Nintendo would be foolish to end the production on that console four months before the Nintendo Switch was tentatively going to be released. It's not a firm date because we don't actually have a day date. Um, right. Kotaku is reporting that production is slated to cease only in Japan to various models of the console, but the the white 32 gigabyte premium set is still available. I guess. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Again, this shutdown is only limited to Japan. In a statement of Polygon, Nintendo did confirm the production of the Wii U would be ending in Japan in the near future, but did not de- detail on the timing. Nintendo did add, quote, as of today, all Wii U hardware that will be made available in the North American market for this fiscal year has already been shipped for our retail retail partners. We encourage anyone who wants Wii U to communicate with their preferred retail outlet 
for to monitor availability. Now, what they mean by that is we're going into the holidays. Right. So, you know, usually right now by, yeah, by November, because it takes, it's not like, you know, they FedEx this shit. <laughs> like, you know, they mail it off on Friday. You're going to get it on a Tuesday. No, this shit comes over on a boat. And uh, so it takes some time. So, you know, usually right now, and if you've ever worked retail, you know this, uh, usually whenever you get stuff in for the holidays, that's all you're going to have till after the holidays. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So of course, like we said before, you know, it, it just didn't make sense for them to just like, we're going to just end it now because we're not going to need to sell anything till you know, March. Um, I'm excited because I thought you were just going to end it. I thought you were just going to end it. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> no, cause it's fucking price drop, dude. That's yeah. all I'm talking about. Like there's enough games on that console where if it was cheap enough, I would buy it. Oh, yeah. I think there is, too. And then again, because you know, I mean, in my opinion, I think the Switch is going to be more expensive than the Wii U at its current scale. Yeah. So I probably wouldn't be switching up to that for a while. Not not even to mention, you know, what the launch tiles, because we don't even know what the launch tiles are going to be. I mean, we've well, seen we, we we've seen this, images. Has Zelda been confirmed confirmed as a launch title? Nope. I think it has been. I thought it was. I I it, no. They said it was coming out for uh the the NX at the time, but they didn't say mm. if it was going to be a launch title. So we still technically don't have a like an official list of these are things coming out with it. That's why I was saying, you know, like we don't even have like March 17th or March 13th or whatever, the Ides of March, whatever, as a date for it to actually come out. So it's like, right. it, it could be pushed to April. We don't know. So Ugh. it's like when you see Bethesda, or not Bethesda, Blizzard. Oh yeah, we have a new game coming soon. Right. You know, it's like, okay. Coming soon. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so yeah, so I mean... I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, the price drop on the Wii U. And, like, yeah, like you said, there are enough titles on there that I could at least enjoy it for a while. Right. And, you know, and have a good time with it. But, you know, and, and some of the Wii um, hardware peripherals work on the Wii U. So it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm not investing in a whole new setup of shit. So, you know how it is. I'm, I'm ready to get it. That's all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it, it, especially to... I got so many kids in the house. When that price drops, I'll still look like a hero. They don't fucking know it's old. They'll be like, "Oh shit, Mario!" Yeah, until you know. your until your oldest goes, "Didn't they cancel that?" Fuck you! <laughs> Sit your fucking ass down. <laughs> <laughs> no one asked you. <laughs> this is why you're adopted. Like, oh shit. Oh. <laughs> like, was that even necessary? Yeah, you know, know what I mean? Now we've got into that dark mode there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, I have a question to ask you. Okay. Do you have a green thumb? Do I have a green thumb? Yeah. Um, no. I actually, uh, funny quick story, there's a woman at my job that has recently started working there where she has about 17 plants at her desk, <laughs> and I find it disgusting. <laughs> and I said, I said, this is gross. And, and my friend goes, how is it gross? It's just plants. I'm like, they belong outside. I said, this is how this is how we get bugs. <laughs> I have a desk plant. 
<laughs> nope. One plant is one thing. But she she literally has, I think, eight plants. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Are you sure she's not poison ivy? <laughs> she might be if she was attractive. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right. Well, are you a fan of Star Trek? Of course I am. Uh, do you wish they made garden gnomes with Star Trek characters? Of course I do. Well, <laughs> for no reason. Right, just exactly. Just, be, just because. Yeah. Well, right. Green Thumb, uh, Think Geek has your back. Garden gnomes featuring some and moments of the original series and Star Trek The Next Generation are available for purchase for $24.99 each on the site. You can get Kirk, Kirk and Gorn, Red Shirt, which has the caption, Join Starfleet, they said. It'll be fun, they said. And Spock. <laughs> also, for the Next Generation fans, you can get a Picard, Riker, Data, Worf, and a board character. These are Think Geek exclusives, so don't wait too long if you want to get them for Christmas. The Riker one is the Riker Lane. No, it isn't. Check it. The link's on the is on there. Wait. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> right? It's necessary. <laughs> it, I don't even have a lawn. Right? I, need I just need this for my I'll put this right by my door. <laughs> yeah, that's what I need. Oh my god. <laughs> I saw this earlier this week and I was like, oh my god, that is fucking amazing. <laughs> that's too much, dude. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. So yeah, for those of you that, you know, have that person that happens to, you know, unlike Adam, you know, does has plants outside look uh, i'm sorry okay i don't <laughs> you know right. i have i'm in my i'm in my bedroom slash office right now and there's not one thing of nature in here i'm surrounded by plastic and plastic and metal <laughs> and metal Damn it. oh man all right so on that note why don't we uh go into one awesome thing let's do it all right so the internet has always been good at showing us some of the biggest pop culture collections from all over the world. You know those collections where you say, if I only had the money, space, or both. Well, a new show coming to Comic-Con HQ will feed that green eye of envy. Not only that, it will be hosted by Star Wars and Batman star Mark Hamill. Quote, mm. I've been a collector all my life, Hamill said. This show is a natural outgrowth of that passion. Now I have an opportunity to collect other people's collections. I can't wait to see what what's out there and share it with the world. Collectibles are a living history of who and what we are. So we just might learn something, but there's no doubt we're going to have fun. The first episode, which is slated to begin this week, will feature the DC Comics headquarters with artist Jim Lee. Oh, shit. Comic-Con HQ is a new channel that is available on ComicConHQ.com via web browsers and iOS Android devices, as well as Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon channels, with more to come. It's ad-free and will feature exclusive original series, daily entertainment news, an ever-evolving library of film and TV genre titles, uh, sneak previews, and special features from the latest and greatest franchises across comics and the popular arts. So I'll probably the check it out. the popular arts. I'll, I'll probably be checking that out because uh, that would be pretty yeah, cool. that sounds dope. If you click on the link in the show notes, it'll actually give you a trailer as to uh, you know uh, what the show's about, and it's cool because like it it opens up with like you know collect collectors and stuff like that, and who's gonna who would 
take you on that journey. The DeLorean pops it and Mark Hamill gets out of it. I'm like, yes. Like, and I'm sold. And I'm done. And he does, in the promo, he does the Joker voice. Of course he does. Of course. If he's doing... If the first episode's the DC headquarters and he didn't, I'd be insulted. <laughs> Let's be honest oh, here. Speaking of which, speaking of the DC headquarters, um, I have a friend who works for DC. Oh, do you? Yes, I do. And why isn't he my friend? <laughs> well, it's because you live out there and she lives over it's here. It's like, because you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that too. Um, but uh, she listens to the show, especially when we talk about DC stuff. So Because she, she always wants to make sure that you know, DC's properly represented because she knows I, I'm more of a Marvel guy than DC. And I'm like, hey, come on. You know me. Come on. And then she's, yeah, and she's like, yeah, that's why I listen to make sure DC's. I was like, eh, fair enough. Good. You should be in chat. And she's, uh, uh, she, her and I have been friends since high school. And- I'm happy. Look, listen, even, even no matter what you say, this is probably going to be something I'm fucking up or something like that. <laughs> I'm just happy that there's a professional keeping you in line. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all you're saying. But she uh, she reached out to me after the last show and um, on Facebook and then was like, hey, you know, if you ever want, let me know and I can get you a, a tour of uh, of uh, the D.C. headquarters. And uh, I was like, she goes, so, you know, she goes, obviously, you have to let me know in advance because security and stuff like that. She goes, but you should get, you should bring Adam along, too, because I think he'll enjoy it more than you will. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Adam wouldn't care. You know, he probably wouldn't even want to go. I can't feel my legs. <laughs> so if you ever make a plan to come out here. Oh, got... I'm, I'm making one now. <laughs> Buying tickets now. <laughs> well, fuck, I'll walk. Yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> all I'm saying, hey, you'll be, call, you be calling it to work tomorrow going, you know, I'm not going to be in for probably a couple of weeks because um, no. I got to walk to L.A. <laughs> now we're now we're talking real business. Okay, <laughs> January, I get my vacation time. Probably when I get my tax return, I'm going to take a little trip. Okay. All right. And we're going to go. All right. So we'll do that. So, cause I, I thought that I was going to, I was like, uh, and um, I was like, oh yeah, I got to tell Adam. And then just a bunch of other shit happened. So I was like, when I, when I did that story, I was like, oh yeah, that'd be a good time to do that to Adam. And here Adam just kind of like, Pass so. the fuck out. That's what you hear me do. <laughs> yeah, that'd so be she, fucking dope. Yeah, dude. so she said she can get us a, a tour over there and probably get us lunch on the lot. So, do you know what's funny? I once had a chance. Tell her I I thoroughly appreciate as well. Um, I once had a chance to take a tour of the Marvel headquarters in New York when I was ten. Oh, and and I said no. That's how hard fucking core I was a DC fan. Still, like, I didn't hate Marvel. I didn't. I just didn't give a fuck. Like, please understand. You know, my uncle works for New England Comics, as I've said. He says, hey, you know, we can head out to the to the Marvel thing, take a tour. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, they make comic books. You like comic books. They don't make Batman. Ten years old. I want to go back. I want to go back and slap that little ten year old. Now, as as a thirty one year old now, I want to slap myself as well. (laughs) (laughs) The fuck are you thinking? (laughs) But still, it's pretty. That's DC for life. That's all I'm talking about. Okay, DC represent. (laughs) (laughs) I told them just recently at work. They were talking some shit. They were like, "Oh, DC doesn't do anything." for comics like no one even reads their shit and i was like if you don't shut excuse me <laughs> all the fuck up 
I was like, I'm not even disagreeing with you right now. You just sound ignorant as fuck. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, man. Even when it I, comes to him. Even if I, I mean, somebody said to me, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you could even logically argue a point that the first appearance of Superman is, I'll be fair, just as influential as the Bible to, to culture. Be real. Okay. I said it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Damn it! Maybe not the Bible, but you know, like <laughs> there, there's the backtrack. <laughs> there we go. He's so committed in like two seconds ago that suddenly it's like, okay, well, maybe not that. <laughs> At least the Book of Mormon. Okay, <laughs> the Magna Carta. Come on, right, like, something. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We got the Magna Carta. Now you're going a little too far. <laughs> oh my god! Anything written by Plato, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh shit! Oh my god! Oh, I'm tearing up. Let's all let's all just settle down, okay? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's how intensely we believe. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Look, end of the day is um, I believe what I say. That's home trying. <laughs> At the end of the day, which is I don't know. I just believe. What I, I don't. Say. I don't know what it is, but I believe it. <laughs> oh, that was good. I, like, I also, I also, for some reason, it excites me to know someone who works for DC listens to my podcast. <laughs> I don't know why. Hmm. There's very few things I, I, I over the top am a fan of. Like, I'm the guy that people say, oh, my God, did you see that? And I'm like, eh, it's all right. You know, DC Comics, though. Get it together. Anyway, I did want to say, now, I'm staying out of this officially, at least here. <laughs> but there was one thing that was funny that I had to bring up. It's, it has to be the most awesome thing is these Biden uh, <laughs> these Biden memes that have been coming out got me fucking laughing my ass off. Um, so I was going to read just a few, and we've all seen them, but just to kind of point out, and they're, they're basically the main theme of them is that Biden is just like, the, like joking around, or he's just like a tough guy, like whatever, you know? And uh, Obama has to calm him down. So like, this is like, Trump better not get in my face because I'll drop that motherfucker. Obama, Obama says, Joe, shut up. <laughs> um, what's the other one that I like? Oh, Trump. Can I get past Biden? What's the password? Trump. I don't know. Biden. Losers say what? Trump says what? Obama. Joe. <laughs> I'm going to read one more because you guys already seen him. Um, this one's kind of me, I guess. But we're American, so why not? <laughs> Obama, did you replace all the toiletries with travel size bottles? Oh. Biden, he's got tiny hands, Barack. I want him to feel welcome here. <laughs> and that ends. Um, these memes, I, I've had people tell me that, you know, because in these incredibly emotional times where everybody is flipping right the fuck out, um, people say the memes have got me through. So, you know. I guess that's good. Right. Nobody needs therapy or anything. So. Yeah, no, there's some there was some in there that I saw this weekend and I was just cracking up. Um, what was the other one? Um oh, was it Joe? It was like uh Barack, I found uh 
oh no 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 he he uh he was walking by and they show it's a picture of him with um obama's hand and then he goes why are you still holding my hand joe it was like just go with it (laughs) (laughs) there was a lot of hilarious ones out there and the other one said uh the punchline was i'm not leaving um barack i'm not leaving michelle for you but you joe but you said we'd be together forever and then he's it says barack i said eight years (laughs) (laughs) or i'm taking you with you with me that was another one right okay (laughs) oh Oh, biden oh biden all right so on that note let's jump into the headlines After the overall performance of 20th Century Fox's X-Men Apocalypse was a bit flat, it seems that there are some changes coming to the X-Men franchise after things were going so well. Departures of directors, movies placed on hold, and more directors leaving, Fox seems to be working hard to maintain their X-Men franchise since they've had since the 90s. The Hollywood Reporter has gone on record claiming that some changes are in store for the upcoming Deadpool 2, Gambit, and the main X-Men franchise. Seems that Brian Singer, who directed the first two X-Men movies, as well as the last two, will not be coming back for the next film. He's not pulling a, uh, he's not pulling a, uh, a, uh, Michael Bay. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> not only that, the three picture deals for Jennifer Lawrence, Michael Fassbender, and James McAvoy have run out, and getting them back may cost them a bit of money. Simon Kingsburg, the main producer over the Fox X-Men movie universe, says that they're going to reconfigure the main series. The fourth script is being worked on with the three main characters in mind that may be used to entice the actors into returning to the franchise. A new spin-off, The New Mutants, the is Fox's hope to revitalize the franchise with some crossing from the main X-Men movie. In regards to Deadpool 2, it seems that Fox is already committing to this franchise by already working on getting a third installment of the franchise after the sequel is released. Yet, they still need to lock in a new director. Channing Tatum's stalled Gambit movie is still stalled since director Doug Liman left the project and the film failed to get into production and must wait for Tatum to become free again. Fox is already trying to fill up a hole that will be left after Logan drops next year, which is the final outing of Hugh Jackman as the title character. Fox's new studio chair, Stacy Snyder, is hoping to put their money into their mutant Marvel universe after the success of Marvel solo products. The franchise has been around for over 16 years, so it'll be interesting to see if they can bring uh, new life into the aging franchise. Yeah. 16 years. she got serious no um that is a long time and you know what it'd be it's smart for them now and especially with the success of deadpool you know and and if we can somehow somehow combine those two to be even more successful but it's gonna be difficult because the tone is so different right that's the one big thing like you want to see Deadpool as part of the X-Men, but the problem is is that he his tone is so much different than the X-Men movies because the X-Men movies are always dark, you know, are yeah, always very kind of serious. very serious, very heavy. Deadpool would just kind of bring you out of that, which would be, I, I think would be a lot of fun to see him kind of trying to do it, but I, I as a movie, I don't know if it would work. I don't know. 
but we'll have to see. We will. Momo. Momo. <laughs> we <laughs> we <laughs> both did it. <laughs> it's whenever something gets solemn. You know, you just like, I, was Mom- <laughs> I did that at work on Saturday. I was just like sitting there and I was kind of bored. And uh, one of my coworkers said something basically about the election. I just kind of sat there and I went, Momo. Momo. <laughs> and then she starts laughing and she looks at me. She's like, what the hell is that? And I was like, I go, it just takes too long to explain. And it still wouldn't have the impact <laughs> that it it's, should. <laughs> it's Momo. <laughs> If you don't know, now you know. Okay, exactly. Get your fucking life together. <laughs> so, I always like to do the sales ones because they're important. You know, I, I honestly feel that. I feel like we need to know. And Adam always has something to prove. Huh? <laughs> What'd you say? I said you always have something to prove. That's right. <laughs> the Xbox One. Xbox for life. <laughs> <laughs> The Xbox One was October's best-selling console, according to statements from Microsoft. Xbox One was once again the best-selling console in October in the U.S., U.K., and Australia, according to the results given uh, to Microsoft by the NPD Group and GFK Entertainment. Um, October, so it's not just Microsoft saying it. The NPD Group said <laughs> At the behest of Microsoft. <laughs> say right. something. Please say something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, October, October marks the fourth consecutive month Xbox One bested PS4 in US sales, the second month for the UK and Australia. In July, Xbox One was the top selling eighth generation eighth generation console, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus. Eighth. Not seven. When, when they write it like that, you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm getting old. Do they count the consoles before Nintendo as a generation? Because there were many, and they were kind of all scattered around. Uh, I'm imagine. I don't know, maybe, because eight sounds actually kind of sounds about right. Yeah, eight sounds right, but I don't know, whatever. Um, but that month saw the Nintendo 3DS at the top of overall console sales. The 3DS doesn't count. Um, <laughs> at this point, it counts, it's, but you know. it counts. But it's like, okay, come on. It's a completely different thing that has no fucking competition. Like, let's get over it now. <laughs> the only one closest to being its competition soon is Nintendo itself. <laughs> Microsoft said the launch of Gears of War 4, of course, and Battlefield 1 helped drive console sales. With Gears of War 4 coming in as the number one platform-exclusive title for October. I think it was the only platform-exclusive title in October. It's the only one that I gave a fuck about um, <laughs> in both the U.S. and U.K. By the way, as a side note, my, my friend picked up that Gears of War. He said it's dope as shit. I've seen that. Uh, like, I've seen the uh, the game footage and stuff like that. It looks fucking amazing. Gears of War is one of those series. It's just so much fun to play. Like, the game mechanics are so, like, just solid. You know what I mean? I love that cover shit. You're like, ooh, motherfucker. Anyway. Uh, wait, before you continue, I just came across a, a new one that a new uh, Biden meme. <laughs> Joe, I'm gonna ask Donald if he wants to eat something. Brock, that's nice, Joe. Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer him a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? And it's the look of Obama, like. Mm. <laughs> Microsoft credited both Gears and Battlefield with increasing the number of multiplayer gamers on Xbox Live by 52 percent over the same period last year. At the end of last month, Microsoft revealed its holiday Xbox One bundles, including Gears, Battlefield, Minecraft, and FIFA options. Um, they're pretty much covering the whole spectrum with that. 
Um, the full MPD numbers for the U.S. won't be released until um, next Thursday. Um, and this is a current article. So when I say next Thursday, I actually mean next this, Thursday. This Thursday. This Thursday. So, um, so because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Xbox One S came out in October, right? Yes. Okay, so that would. But seem... they're only counting. They're they're not counting those. They're counting the. Uh, oh, just the original. The, the yeah, the the real consoles, <laughs> the <laughs> fucking updates of them. Um, I. I picked this one, too, because it's interesting. First, we have to respect Microsoft. They started out real slow out the gate. Um, they were fucking up left and right and stuff, and we're seeing that they're they're kind of asserting dominance. I mean, four months in a row is nothing to laugh about. Right. And um, honestly, when I, I have both consoles, and I look at what both are offering and how both are set up, and Microsoft kills everything across the board. There's nothing Not wrong Japan, with Japan, though, but... No, no, of course not. But <laughs> I'm talking about personally for me. When If I'm using both consoles, th- there's nothing the PS4 does better. Now, the PS4 is still a great console. If you, if you go out and buy a PS4, you're, it's not like you're going to be pissed off. It's not shit. You know what I mean? But I think that Microsoft's made some really smart moves. And um, it's just working great. And it, it's the integration with my computer is dope. Like, everything. You know? So, whatever. Like, uh, Sony, step your game up. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> you know, well, I don't mean to say nothing, but fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the um. So yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, at this particular point, though, Xbox, and we've been talking about this for a while. Xbox has been stepping their game up with a lot of the extra stuff that they're doing. Plus, when you got cross-platform um, playability with the Xbox, I mean, with the uh, Windows 10. Right. You know, there, there's not a whole lot that you can say that it doesn't do, and uh, and you know, preferably for me, you know, with everything that, with both consoles that I have, I still prefer my Xbox One. So as you should. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, look, if if next week the Xbox makes moves that makes it suck, and then the the PlayStation starts looking good, well, then I'll fucking love the PlayStation. It's like, whatever. And we'll, and we'll not, say it. We're not, it's, you know, and if you've listened to this podcast, you know we've kind of switched back and forth because, you know... We, we switched we switched to the Xbox One. I remember when they were first coming out, we were like, oh, yeah, fucking PS4's where it's at. Yeah, And it exactly. was at that current time. At that current time, it was. And then when Microsoft started doing silly, and that started actually stopping that silly shit, and did that whole regime change and then started making it more comparable. It was like, okay, now we have, right. we have, now Xbox seems to be doing stuff. And right now, I mean, the only thing that really, I mean, cross platform, cross playability between the Windows and the uh, Xbox One is good. Um, the fact that they've, you know, they're, they are definitely more gearing towards the, the computer gamers as opposed to Sony. But at the same time, what's really hurting Sony right now is that backwards compatibility. Yeah. Now you have you have Microsoft that has so many, and you have, I mean, Microsoft, yeah, the Microsoft that has so many, but you have also Sony sitting there saying, well, we can't do that because, you know, there's a lot of different things on there. And yet, oh, but we can still sell these games that you can play on the PlayStation 4, but yet you can't do what? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it, you, it you were trying to becoming you, a silly shit. Yeah. You, you were know? trying to go Gaikai and you realize people aren't really going that way because it's only PS3 <laughs> games on there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, 
But... Yes, Steve. Shit. You're <laughs> such a fucking genius. Just saying. Yeah. All right. I, but... I love you. What? <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> I, saw, I just saw this one that had uh, Biden staring at Hillary. He goes, I can see why you lost wearing that whack-ass scarf looking like a... And then she goes, Joe, stop. <laughs> he knows. He does. He knows. He knows what's going on. <laughs> I need to. I need to look up stuff that biden said because i haven't done it in a while and he always it's always it's either really funny or it's slightly not okay yeah <laughs> but like, not enough for you to get too pissed off right, about it to where you're, you're kind of like, like oh, oh gosh because he, he reminds you of like a like an uncle you know that uncle at thanksgiving you know always has a little too yeah, much to drink put up with it's like yeah right. you can say stuff that's mildly racist but just ignore him <laughs> mm-hmm. so as we've always reported on this site for a long time, AT&T truly hates its customers. Yes, they did kill data overage fees back in August, but that doesn't mean they have to like it. According to The Verge, it seems that AT&T has announced on Friday that they will throttle your, mo- your mobile video streams through a new feature called StreamSaver. They tout the feature as a, quote, free and convenient data saving feature. The provider will automatically cap most video streaming to 480p by default. However, to switch to a higher definition, customers will have to opt out using their My AT&T app or the company's website. It's very similar to T-Mobile's data plan, which caps you caps people streaming to 480, even if they have unlimited, which everyone has found out that it isn't truly unlimited. Um, I mean... You know, if I, I understand, like they've gotten rid of the whole overage fees, and there are also things that they're doing to making, um, like since they own DirecTV now, that you could stream DirecTV content directly to your phone, which won't count against your data and all that other stuff. But you know, it's like, okay, I mean, I get it. And to be honest, I mean, 480 is not bad. No, you know, especially on a mobile device. The only time I, the only time I truly want. 720 or higher is if i'm watching it on a on something that is capable of that like my tv you know or you know actually showing you a nice when it's small 480 is fine yeah that's what some people don't get like you know people are like uh like when they look at like a a small tv like a 19 inch or a 20 inch tv like well don't you have anything with 1080p it doesn't fucking matter on that size of a screen 720 i've been trying i've been really trying to figure out how to um how to get how to get Netflix to play just 480 on my phone. And I kind of was like quickly looking at it and I couldn't figure it out. I was like, fuck you and you know, but I thought Netflix actually already kind of caps it at 480 for some of that stuff. Does it? I don't I know. So. I was just wanting to make sure it did. Like <laughs> I was like, there's <laughs> no reason no reason for it to stream 480 to my phone. Zero reason. Right. You know, so I don't whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is, I guess. It is what it is till it isn't. Right. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. <laughs> right. Because um, so we mean comes... everything we say until we backpedal. <laughs> exactly. So this, this article comes from Forbes, which, by the way, you'd think for such a reputable um organization their website wouldn't be so crammed full of fucking ads oh my it's God, also yeah. it's also one of those sites where if you go to it 
it will tell you you have an ad blocker and won't let you see anything until you turn the ad blocker off. Yeah. I'm like, really, Forbes? What are we doing? Well, that was you like know? like my original uh, my original douchebag of the week. Like, I kept trying to find a fucking page that didn't have a fucking video to upload. It's like the right. article is only like eight lines long. Why do I need to watch a video? And it's like, is your is your reporting that bad that you have to actually have a video to, to make it sound yeah, better? Yeah, Forbes too. It pops up a fucking video ad that I auto auto plays I'm like motherfuckers like stop it yeah anyway i'll read their article though fuck them <laughs> if my try to... with my ad blocker on fuck them <laughs> right bitches <laughs> if you tried to get your hands on a mini nes classic edition yesterday I odds are you it. didn't i tried did you try 20 minutes and it was gone Ooh. nintendo's retro console flew off the shelves both physically and virtually but both physical and virtual within moments yesterday, leaving a nostalgic public clamoring for more. It seems that most retailers extremely, extremely limited stock to begin with. And those that they did seem to sell out instantly. This, this article is written incorrectly. <laughs> um, anyway, we, we try to get stuff and stuff didn't happen. <laughs> Forbes. Stuff no work. <laughs> uh, Amazon said that it was going to put some on sale at 2 p.m. yesterday, and those were gone within moments. As usual, it's a combination of limited stock and overwhelming demand. This sort of thing seems to happen a lot with Nintendo, yeah. which also never seemed to make enough, never seemed to make enough to satisfy customers. More recently, the same thing happened with the Pokemon Go Plus. Um, Nintendo, for its part, is promising more stock for the holidays. The company tweeted this yesterday. Once it became clear that only a minuscule portion of the people that wanted the mini NES actually got one, the Nintendo Entertainment System NES Classic Edition system is a hot item. And we are working hard to keep up with consumer demand. There will be a steady flow of additional systems throughout the holiday shopping season and into the new year. Uh, Nintendo said that. So they kind of didn't. I'm never getting an article from here again. Reassuring on <laughs> one level. But reassuring on one level, but it's hard to know how many the company will be reselling or when. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck you, Forbes. Um, so basically... That pisses me off. I was, like, yeah, I, was trying, I was trying to hold it back until you finished the article because I was like, I want to just like... Oh, the article's done, so yeah. what's good? It's you like, know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like, fuck you, Nintendo. You fucking knew how many people were going to want this shit. Just by judging by the, by the response online. It was like, and the price point. It's like, fuck you. You knew yeah. exactly how much, how many people wanted it. It's just stupid. And, and Nintendo was known for this shit. Which pisses me it, off. Which is what pisses me off. They need to know better. They're like, we want to create a demand in the market, so we'll just give out a little bit and then just say, oh, wow, you know, actually peop a lot of people wanted this for, for 60 bucks. I'm surprised. It's like, shut up. Oh, golly. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, shut the fuck up, you piece of shit, motherfucking assholes. I don't know if it's that serious, but still. <laughs> Here we go, walking it back again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to keep the peace, okay? <laughs> I'm just trying to keep the peace. I, mean, I, think that's the title. I think that's the title of the show, Walking, walking it, back. it Back. <laughs> but yeah, because, you know, I went to, because, and this is what pisses me off. Uh, what pisses you off? It pissed, everything pisses me off. But no, what? <laughs> no, but what pissed me off about this was that we knew when it was coming out. 
Then right. you have, then like I go, oh, okay, I'll put it on my wish list on fucking Amazon, right? And then which means nothing. Which yeah, which meant nothing because it's like currently unavailable. You couldn't even pre-order this shit, which bothered yeah. me. And it was like really so. You, you could see it. You could smell it coming. Yeah, and that's one of the things I was like going, oh, fuck you. And then I got the email from uh, Amazon saying that at 2 o'clock it's going to go on. But, of course, you know, I get back from lunch at 2 o'clock. So I try right. to get on there to get it, and it just – the app the app just froze on me, which I heard it, um, so many people wanted it to crash the site or something like that. And it was like within 10 minutes it was gone. And it yep. was just like – it's like, come on. What is why? Why did you have to make it like this? It just it's that just fucking irritates the shit out of me. And that's why I'm not gonna get a Wii U, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sick of everybody's bullshit. <laughs> I'm glad uh, the Wii U failed, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, Nintendo burns in fucking hell. <laughs> All right, well maybe, well maybe not. <laughs> well, let's step it back a little bit, like. <laughs> Some things may have been said in anger 15 seconds ago. That, uh... I meant it then, but now it's like, okay, maybe I stepped across the line. I stand by what past me said, but current me, he ain't about that life. So, you know, I love everybody. In these trying times, I need to... Uh... In these trying times... <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, all right. <laughs> we must remember, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> uh, uh, Look, you know what? Fuck it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's like how many times are you gonna change your position? Stop it! <laughs> uh, oh my god! All right. On uh, that note, I think uh, it's time we go into the poll list. Just stop it. (laughs) All right. So I did. um, I was all over the fucking place. Okay. I got no fucking shame either. (laughs) My pull list. Okay. Well, maybe I have a little shame, but. uh... I have none. (laughs) So I purposely picked. My first pick, I I purposely picked um, Spider Man Deadpool number 11 because this is the one that um Penn and teller so teller wrote it oh really he actually wrote the comic yeah and the cool the fucking coolest thing about it is is that tell not only is deadpool breaking the fourth wall but teller put himself in the book to break the fourth wall yeah <laughs> so it's a fucking mess and it's um they're both talking to you and deadpool's getting mad at teller like breaking the walls one thing but there's certain rules that if you set them in place you're supposed to <laughs> it's irresponsible to the reader <laughs> like Deadpool was so fucking hardcore about it the whole thing was pen pen's the one that doesn't talk right yeah pen yeah right whatever um <laughs> pen and deadpool switch places because deadpool lost a bet <laughs> so pen is dressed up like deadpool and goes with um spider-man spider-man is un- doesn't know that it's pen he just thinks it's deadpool um and Deadpool becomes Pen, which they have great success because Teller just keeps stabbing him, and it's like <laughs> this great act. And um, the real story is where Spider-Man and uh, and uh, Pen are are fighting terror 
tarot, which is this French woman that can make anything from a tarot card come to life. Oh, Jesus. And <laughs> they're making so like, so there was this one line that had me laughing where um, he says, the, the chick says something in French and then it has a cliff note. There's a lot of cliff notes in this. And um, and it said, Teller says in the little cliff note, he goes, um, that word is French for Spider-Man, even though Spider-Man should be French for Spider-Man, but the French have some sort of law where they have to create new words. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was the, the comedy's off the chain. Like it's it's so good. Um, and I'm going to stop because I think it was just for this this issue, a little fun thing. Um, my second pick was I've been waiting for this, and I got no fucking shame about this either. I knew you were going to go for this one. Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures number one. Mashup. That's it. Okay? That's not. That's all that needs to be said at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's kind of interesting. So It's they're about not just... as important of a read as the right. Constitution. As, yeah. <laughs> okay. I agree with okay. that. Okay, maybe, Nothing maybe else not the say. Constitution. Right. I mean, you know, we okay, well, okay. Uh, at least the Declaration. Of <laughs> right there, you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, the they're doing it slick because they're not just throwing them together, which I like. What they're doing is that they're making portals. So I was gonna say because where's the universe that they that they coexisted but that's when the turtles in the 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 plot point the plot device that brings them together is actually coming from the turtles universe because the enemy krang uses portals to send his minions into their dimension because they're from a different dimension so somehow one of these portals was opened into the dc universe and the the funny thing is this it's i think it's a six-part miniseries but the um the first issue, Batman's not even doesn't even meet the turtles. You see Batman like finding out about the portal and that it's somewhere, but he doesn't know where it is. He's got the bat computer tracking it and shit. Um who has gone through the portal are the villains. So we come to the turtles are are in the sewer and they're trying to find one of the portals and all of a sudden Clayface is there. And the, and both they're fighting each other, but both from like, who the hell are you? What are you? Like that kind of <laughs> attitude, you know, typical right. mashup shit. And um, Donatello or Leonardo figures out that the water was dissolving Clayface, and they they sort it out. Um, they cut back. Batman's trying to figure it out. It's kind of paint by numbers of a mashup, really. But they they really the first issue is all trying just setting up why. It makes sense <laughs> for it to happen. <laughs> so that was good. Uh, last panel is, um, you, or last few panels, is you see the foot, and they're kind of charging on someone, and someone off, off, uh, off panel is like, oh, good, reinforcements have arrived. And we got Joker and Harley, hmm. who have just dismantled many foot soldiers. So now they're there. And this is the cartoon version of the turtles. It's not going to get dark. It's not going to get crazy. It's very fun, very whimsical. Um, I, when I first heard about this, I was really hoping it was the turtles. You know what I'm talking about <laughs> from like the 80s and shit. But, you know, it's still fun. I know my son wants to read it too. So it is what it is. Um, my third one was surprisingly really good. 
although I did just pick it because I couldn't find anything else. <laughs> I like to be honest. Okay. Um, Star Wars The Force Awakens adaptation, six of six, so this is the end, um, follows the movie beautifully. Uh, basically, anytime a comic book is an adaptation of a movie, it's giving you the highlight reel of the movie. Um, artwork was great. This one had, of course, the the last fight scene between Ren and um, no Ray and Kylo Ren, um, and we see that play out. And then, uh, awesome. The main reason to get this the awesome artwork. So you see, like the Millennium Falcon and shit's all drawn real fucking sexy, and it's just it's good. And then the last panel is, of course, a very old Luke Skywalker looking intently at a lightsaber that's trying to be handed to him which i personally think was the worst scene in that movie um yeah that's it that's my pull list so everybody fuck off i mean i love all of you what <laughs> wow. well, I, mean, I did what i meant to say <laughs> things have been taken out of context and i just <laughs> oh man all right so um in my picks for this week, they were all Marvel books, uh, but they were all issue ones. So these three, these are random picks, so it's not like my first or second or third. So uh, first one I re reviewed was Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number one. So last year during Marvel's Secret Wars event, many writers got to go back to some of the classic Marvel stories and showed how they would have played out in their alternate universes. One of the storylines that they went back to was what if Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson had remained married and had a child. You remember the whole 90s thing when comic publishers were retconning everything? So yeah. this picks up after the limited series concluded last year. So it picks up with Spider-Man taking on the Scorpion while trying to remember what he needed to get from the supermarket. Is constantly thinking about making a list. I don't know. He has something about lists in this issue. So Jerry Conway takes the focus off of the potential spider family dynamic and puts it on how to deal with the family when you're when you have superpowers. Anime Parker has the same powers as her father, but they're trying to keep her under wraps until they can fully prepare her for the responsibilities that come with it. Ryan Stegman's artwork is clean and polished, makes the action in the book easy to follow, as well as Sonia. Um, Sonia Obak's bright artwork, which brings zeal to the pages, but her use of shadows to compel the story visually. Mary Jane is no longer the woman that hopes her man comes home safely, but is in the action. Using a suit that Spider-Man made from the Regent's tech, it allows her to tap into Peter's powers for protection. However, she is using it to keep the family together and safe. Peter has to begin to work as part of a team and not a single person. Of course, at the end of the issue, an old Fantastic Four villain emerges, and he has someone as a prisoner. The book is a, comp um, is a compelling issue that shows Peter Parker in a new light. He now has to juggle the responsibilities of not only being Spider-Man, a mentor to his daughter, but think about his family instead of putting himself in harm's way and willing to suffer the ultimate consequence. Bringing this back now seems a better fit for today's world than it did for back in the 90s. One of the things I actually really liked about this book is that I know there's some people out there that don't like the Peter Parker of the main Marvel Universe. Uh, you know, he's taken over the Baxter building. He's kind of the new Tony Stark of uh, the Marvel Universe right now. 
this universe has him still working for J. Jonah Jameson, taking pictures, but he still has the mental uh, ability and tech to do kind of what he does in that other universe. And he's married to Mary Jane, still a photographer, all of that. So I think if you if you like that old kind of Spider-Man kind of thing, but a little older and, you know, and kind of like, oh, what would have happened if he had done that? This is a cool book. I actually I really liked the miniseries last year uh, when they did that, because keep in mind, he's still working alone because he doesn't have the Avengers. He's not, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's not part of the Avengers anymore. Most of the superheroes were killed off by the regent who killed them off and absorbed their powers. So, you know, it's it's really just him now. So it's really cool. And um, if you really like that, I, I think you would actually dig this one. My second book, this this one, is a book I really, it kind of hit me on all wrong cylinders. Uh, Black Panther, World of Wakanda, number one. Title sounds cool. Story, not so much. A, mm. a spinoff series that focuses on the female guards of the kingdom, the Dora Mulaje, they, which serves as personal guards for Black Panther and the royal family. Roxanne Gay focuses the story on two particular members of the guards that begin to have a personal relationship. Captain Anika takes a liking to Ayo, um, Ayo. It is obvious from the start that Anika has some feelings towards this recruit, but nothing can happen given their status among the guards. Mr. Zola catches on to the friction between the two and recruits Falami to keep an eye on the two and report directly to her. The events in the series take place before the first issue of the main Blank Panther storyline. It also involves them during the war between the Avengers and the X-Men when Prince Namor was, the, was their enemy. The book was an okay read, treading heavily on like backroom deals and conspiracies, but it seems like it's trying to make a new section of mythos in a relatively uncharted comic universe, meaning the Black Panther universe. As for the first issue, there is nothing truly compelling to the story to keep me coming back for another issue. It jumps around a lot. There is not a real strong cohesion in the different aspects of the story that goes. It time jumps rather quickly. And mm. don't let the title confuse you. There is no mention or appearance of a Black Panther in this book. So if you want more from the Black Panther universe, then this might be good for you, but it, it isn't enough for me to come back to. And lastly, Invincible Iron Man number one. We've known for months now that the new Iron Man will be taking over. Well, a new person will be taking over the role. She's already appeared in some of the Civil War titles, but now she launches her own title. Riri Williams is a gifted child and is heavily into science and a fan of Tony Stark. Brian Michael Bendis, as he did with Miles Morales' Spider-Man, makes this particular teenager a part and a part of the society around her. She is trying to take down Animax in the middle of Cheyenne, Wyoming, but at the same time, we get her origin story of personal loss. She quickly figures out what she needs is an AI for her suit. But with Tony Stark missing, she knows she has no chance of until something arrives at the very end to help her along. The artwork of Stefano Calis, um, Caselli is clean and powerful, as well as the color from uh, Marti Garcia. However, it is Bendis's story alone that backs a very good, entertaining punch, and at the same time strikes an emotional chord. While I have never been fond of recasting many of these characters, it seems that Bendis has created another character that would work well if slash when they decide to bring back Tony Stark into the Marvel Universe. Oh, and calm down. They won't be changing the movies anytime soon. Although, the end of the book 
would be a perfect way if they did to keep RDJ as part of the universe. So kind of good thinking there. So those are my three. It's a, it's a shame on that Black Panther. Yeah. Especially with his popularity, the character's popularity lately. Yeah, and I'm not really quite sure why that would generally be something to kind of work on. I mean, uh, the consultant for the the book was the the current writer of Black Panther, and I'm I mean I love the Black Panther title. The Black Panther title was really cool, but I'm not exactly sure where that comic was going because it really, to me, didn't kind of lead anywhere. And right. usually for an issue one, it has to kind of lead somewhere or, or give you that kind of big hook at the end or or something to get it. But I think with the Black Panther title, it was a little. A little too much of the you know she likes you but you can't be with her and then we jump to now we're flying in the x-men and we kind of still have these personal things going and then you know the right end, it just kind of there was no real cohesion to me and i was thinking it, it that like that would have been good as if it was like put together differently i guess let the story kind of play out and follow where it's going as opposed to okay now we're jumping because we're trying to get you somewhere but i have really no idea where you're going to so, mm. yeah. So with that, is it a is it a I am woman hear me roar kind of situation? No, no. Okay. And it, it's not it's none of that. Um, it and it really is nothing that you know that like because I can I could I could kind of hear like some people like oh because it's it's about females or whatever you know you don't you know you don't care about it or something like that but. It's not that at all because I actually do like a lot of female-led books, Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel. Yeah, you know, uh, um, a lot of those titles there that I'm a big fan of, and and I, I know if you've listened to the show, you know I've I've talked about some of those, but I don't know. It just was the characters didn't really feel like fleshed out. Like it seemed like like the the interaction between the two where they kind of. It was like immediate like okay what do you know her from somewhere or why did you it's like it seemed that it was just really quick like the the attraction between the two it was like you know you hear like the emotion the mental thing where it's like you know you're just a beautiful face and then she turns away she's like i said she had a beautiful face and the other was like she said i had a beautiful face it's like okay you know it, mm, it, it, good for you <laughs> yeah it's like, okay and you know you you're kind of picking on her. Okay, I get the whole little high school mentality. We pick on the people we like. But it's like, where is this going? And so, I don't know. It just seemed a little a little too hurried. Like, they're, right. it's, it's like they're trying to get somewhere, but they're they're not filling you in. You're kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm here, but I don't know where I'm going. So, I don't know. Even the big hook at the end, which a lot of, you know, issue ones have, was like, okay, I'm... I, I see it, but I'm not like, like you see the act, which is kind of like, whoa, but at the same time, it's like, but I don't have an emotional hook to like, to, to keep me there. So mm. I don't know. It just, just it, sloppy writing is it, what it, it sounds like. It really, it, it really was. It was, I mean, you know, I'm not sure if it was sloppy writing or if it was just, you know, pacing was really bad. Like, well, we want to get to this. So we kind of have to rush this, but you got to remember too, your first issue is, the one that's going to keep people coming back because your first issue will sell but then it's your second your third and your fourth that's what's going to keep people coming back yeah you got to come strong out of the gate yeah so 
fucking up. Right, right. All right. So on that note, I guess it's time we go into uh, our douchebags of the week. So my douchebag of the week comes from Gizmodo. I'm going to just read the article here. If you go look at your Facebook page right now, and this was Friday, a high likelihood that the social network is telling everyone you are dead. It says everyone is dead. Everyone is dead, according to Facebook, even Zuck. Users, everyone is dead. Yeah. Users on Twitter and everywhere else are reporting an interesting new glitch. Facebook thinks everyone has died and is displaying the memorialized version of the person, people's profiles. A banner, I didn't even see that. <laughs> I know. A banner at the top of the profile show a message that reads, We hope people who love, insert name here, will find comfort in the things others share to remember and celebrate his or her slash life. We've seen it ourselves, and it's very weird to see the dead version of your Facebook profile. Uh, let's see. Update at 4.06 that day. It appears everyone is back to life. Some users, however, are reporting that their Facebook friends who actually died are popping up as alive. As uh, We have reached out to Facebook, and we will update the story if we get a response. At 4.22, it appears the living are back to being alive, and the dead are once again resting. At 5.24, a Facebook spokesperson sent Gizmodo the following statement. For a brief period today, a message meant to for memorialized profiles was mistakenly posted to other accounts. It was a terrible area that we have now fixed, and we are very sorry that this happened, and we worked as quickly as possible to fix it. I was looking at, at my Facebook profile to see if I could see a memorialized banner on it, but I, I didn't see one, but I'm not sure if it was because I was on the mobile version. And everybody that was showing it was showing it like the actual like piece, you know, the PC interface where it's a little more. I wish I would have saw. I wish I would have saw that shit. Yeah, because I, I would have fucking. Because I saw. Like, oh my god! I saw um, like they had a uh, screen caption. If you click on the link, you'll see uh, the images there too. But I, it was the link that had Mark Zuckerberg and it had that memorial thing across. So I was like, oh, uh, that's too funny. That's funny. So yeah, I kind of wish I had saw it, but I was looking on the moral version. And I'm like, I don't see it on mine, but I don't know if it was because I was looking at it through the you know how your edit inter um, ui or because i was on the mobile version but i, I didn't have i uh, didn't have the ability to get to a pc to try to log in and see you know because work blocks that shit and all you know it's like, bitches it's like nazi german germany over there okay no, don't okay well don't maybe, do it well maybe okay okay at the moment <laughs> i meant it but i think it's more like you know occupied you france occupied france maybe <laughs> Thought we we're gonna have the Hitler comparison, and then you're gonna lose all credibility. <laughs> and think about the kids. <laughs> all right, so I have a funny one. Um, Is it though? From Huffington Post, so it's gonna be <laughs> okay. So it'll be interesting. It starts out with, "It was a spirited campaign." <laughs> A Southern California man who was running for re-election as Oceanside City Treasurer. It's close to you, isn't it, Oceanside? Um, well, it's more in, like, Orange County. But, yeah, it's still in my area of the woods, I guess. Okay. This is what your people are doing. Pay attention. My people. <laughs> <laughs> you heard me. I mean Californians, not Hispanics. I don't want anyone to freak out. <laughs> Jesus Too Christ. late. We're, somebody's already writing email now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> Guess what? Nobody fucking cares. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> California Nobody's man. Gonna, was, nobody cares, you gentle snowflakes. So. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I said that to, real quick. I said that at work, which is like, well, you have to think if you someone was like offending people, like what? That's a big problem. I said, you know, what's a really big problem for those that get offended. Like what? Like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> so is that really a problem, though? <laughs> like it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like I don't give a shit anyway. Reelected as Oceanside City Treasurer successfully defeated his opponent Tuesday, despite having died over a month ago. Damn. Gary Ernst, 61, received 6% percentage points, more of the vote than his challenger, Nadine Scott, <laughs> who had tireless, tirelessly worked to inform the public of Ernst's September 23rd death. <laughs> <laughs> officials in Oceanside announced <laughs> officials in Oceanside announced that Ernst would remain on the ballot because there wasn't enough time to scrub his name a month. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Here's a um a uh <laughs> I'm sorry. Here's a Facebook post from Nadine Scott, the one who did not win. Right. Um did you know that my opponent for city treasurer has sadly passed away yet remains on the ballot due to an election code law? Make your vote count by voting for me. They need Scott for Ocean City Treasurer. Make I'm your qualified. vote count by qu- voting for the person that's living. Right. <laughs> it says, I'm qualified. Pledge to keep the office independent and nonpartisan. Stop Jerry Kern from throwing your votes out. I don't know any of this shit. He plans to appeal his pal, Gary Feline, if I lose. Oceanside voters already voted him out. For more info, see her website. Um, so her main running campaign is really that I'm the alive one. Right. Um Scott, speaking to NBC7, uh, said she hopes she will still be appointed um, to honor the 15,500 people who voted for her. Uh, But at least one of her critics has different plans. Oceanside City Councilman Jerry Kern, the one that she was throwing under that bus, motherfucker, (laughs) um, who continued to rally the public in support of Ernst after his death... (laughs) This motherfucker <laughs> hopes that Scott's defeat will lead the city council to appoint someone else. So, okay, even though Gary passed away, he is still better qualified than she is. He told the voice of San Diego. In the, in the, in the, if the city doesn't appoint someone in Ernst's place, the other option would be to hold a special election, which ABC 10 News reported would cost the city 500000 And if it's in any way tied into the budget of San Diego, they ain't got it. Yeah. Sal said Kern is entitled to his, his own opinion, um, but argued that she is certainly qualified for the position, especially over someone who was dead. I have but governmental. Really? Are they? Are you? <laughs> she says, I have governmental experience. I have a law degree and a legal background, and I have also been a district treasurer for the last 20 years. So she's definitely is qualified. Right. I but, think Mr. But, Mr. Kern just doesn't like her. Yeah, or look, this or, is the situation. Or Say what you want the to. other guy is still favored over you, even though he's dead. He has that ability. That's pretty impressive. When you're that dead and the people impressive. still vote for you, that says like, a how lot. How fucked up are you? You <laughs> exactly. know what I mean? Like Jesus. <laughs> Did you make the Hitler comparison? Because that's really what kind of comes down to. <laughs> she seems like Hitler. Ah, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I, I think, look, I just think it's funny that he continued to campaign knowing he had died. Because, look, 
Now you're being super shady. Right. Like you're at a level of shade that I haven't seen. Maybe Hitler. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, maybe more Mussolini. No, not quite Hitler. Okay, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> but still, you know what I mean. Like, that is pretty shady when you're sitting there going, "My can't my uh, my recommendation." Who couldn't be here today because uh, he had some more pressing matters. But he is more because it depends on how you're campaigning for him. Are you like saying like, "Look," because if you're campaigning, going, "Look, <laughs> this dude is dead." But you know what? I would still rather him run this district That's than her. Up. Like, I'm surprised she's not upset. Like, like no one likes me that much. Oh, I'm sure she's upset. I'm sure she's like upset. Like, they would rather have a dead guy. So it's like, yeah, yes. they kind of do. Because you're a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I That's fucking great. love it. I, I wasn't even going to pick that article, and then I read it. I had to read it twice <laughs> Just before to make I fully sure. understand the, the grandeur of the situation. <laughs> I was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. It's perfect. <laughs> um, I just love it, you know? I fucking love it. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. So, um, all right. So before we close out, the episode today which actually we're doing pretty good on time um finally no, <laughs> uh well this will probably take us over into the three hour mark uh it's a beyond right uh because of the hollow of the uh thanksgiving break adam and i won't be doing our regular just another podcast episode so we won't really be answering questions however one of our listeners orbital fetus uh, asked a question and because we weren't doing that I was like okay well let's just answer it on the show so then we can at least say oh, wait a minute how long is this fucking question Jesus Christ <laughs> he, 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 he expands a lot he expands a lot of this it's good yeah so just so you guys know I'm going to read the questionnaire and the questions on our on the lazygeeks.com so here's his question you want questions I got a question do you think that console gaming is holding back the full potential of gaming I asked this from the viewpoint of a PC gamer. Obviously, the potential upper limits of PC hardware will always dwarf what consoles are capable. This is what bugs me, though. When I see vids comparing Xbox, PlayStation 4, and PC graphics, you are seeing many ports that are made for consoles and then brought to PC. So the full potential of the PC is never realized. We are now seeing improved versions of the current gen consoles rolling out with better hardware, but still lagging behind PC capabilities. The last console I owned was an NES. Still got one in the cut. Once I got my first PC, I never looked back. So back to my original question. Do you think the console gaming is holding back the full potential of gaming? I asked this from the viewpoint of a PC gamer. And since you are more of the PC gamer than I am, I mean, I have my own opinion, but. But it's invalid. What are you trying to say? See, why do no? you got oh, to be like that? I thought that's what you were trying to say. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I was thinking um, you're going to have probably more experience than I would, but I would have an opinion nonetheless, because it is a podcast and, you know, we, we, we all have opinions on the interwebs, right, whether right, they're right. valid or not. I, this, this, we don't live in a Hitler universe. <laughs> do we or maybe we but do, don't know. we you know <laughs> right um this 
this argument <laughs> is constant. Do I think it holds back gaming as a whole? Sure. Um, but you also have to keep you have to keep something in mind too. In order for an industry to to go forward, it needs to make money. Um, PC gaming is great because we can customize the machines, um, and with a customized souped-up machine, you can do anything really um, in the gaming sphere. However, the majority of people in America—we'll just say America—I've never been anywhere else. Um, <laughs> don't know how to do all that so that's where consoles come in it's ease it i buy not me because fuck you i know how to do that shit um someone buys an xbox one now they know every time they buy an xbox one game that game will work in that console everything's very easy there's extra things they can do it's easy talking about ease of use so pc gaming is always it always will be and always has been superior to console gaming from a technical standpoint, but from an ease of use standpoint, from a culturally acceptable standpoint, it's not. Console gaming is easier. So does it hold it back? Yes and no. It holds it back in a technical standpoint because you have a console that comes out. What's the shelf life of a console now? Fucking 12, uh, 8 to 12 years? Yeah, it's using bad. the same hardware. So we can't expand on that. PCs are constantly going. It's also a budget thing too. If someone who's doesn't have all that much money they can go buy an xbox one a ps4 fucking a wii u if they're quick um <laughs> and they don't have to worry about upgrading and yes if you know what you're doing i, I mean I, up, I i upgrade my pc every like four years really um but that's because i love doing it still costs a lot of fucking money you know i mean people can go out and get an xbox one for what what's the price right now 300 yeah bucks and you're you're into gaming now there's that you you're done you don't have to do anything else maybe an extra controller if you have friends you know um but do you so have I think, friends <laughs> right i think that the pc gamers and i've 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 argued this many times too pc gamers always want to say computers are just better they're better they're better. of course they are they are they're jack of all trade machines you can you can customize them to whatever you want but not everybody knows how to do that wants to know how to do that or can afford to do that so that's where consoles come in. So I think consoles and PCs working together probably keeps things keeps hope alive a little bit better than um, if we just abolished consoles and kept only PCs. But then they just come out with really simple PCs that are basically consoles, and but they call them PCs anyway. So that's my answer. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, basically coming down to it, it's it's whatever makes more money. And, yeah. you know, with, with PC gaming, I mean, there's... It is. It really does come down to ease of use. Because when you buy a console, you just have to connect it and you're good to go. When you're dealing with a PC, it was one of the reasons why I don't necessarily get into PC gaming, simply because of the fact that I have to, I have to be aware fully of what my you know what my computer is capable of, of doing and the fact of the matter is is that a lot of times you know pc equipment becomes passe in, in two months if that you know uh you know some you know then suddenly it's like oh now you have to have to run these specs to play battlefield one you know or or anything like that you know you you have to 
it, there's going to be certain things that you're going to have to have in order to have these because then otherwise okay you have to run it on moderate or you won't actually get the full potential of whatever game it is but when you get a console it's a different story because you know it's going to run on that maybe you have to get a little better of a tv you know to run you know certain to to get a certain look out of it but you know i i mean even some of the newest and best gaming computers you always have to upgrade nine times out of ten and then you know with a console you kind of don't so right. I, I i totally agree with i totally agree with um with ease of use and but you know also i mean yeah as you know they always say that you know the the pc gaming is always declining which i don't buy i, I don't believe that um it's just it's just a way of saying that to say, well, comparatively to PS4 and Xbox Ones and Wii U's and all that shit, it's a smaller portion. Yeah, it's smaller, but don't keep saying that, oh, you know, it's declining or what have you, simply because you guys don't simply want to make a game strictly for PC. So, but I don't know. Again, you know, there's a lot of factors in how your rig is set up. You know, do you have the best graphics card to play that or is your... You know what kind of processor do you have to do that and, you know and then when you have a game that's going to be graphics intensive do you have the right graphics card is it going to run shitty you know all that other stuff well perfect example is, is i just recently well not recently but towards the closer to the beginning of this year i did some upgrades on my computer and i got intel i7 uh 60 6700k which is a great processor at the asus ranger board which is a pretty decent board 16 gigs of ddr4 ram great now and that cat is not happy with what i'm saying <laughs> all right are we good yeah we're good we're good Keep okay going. um i didn't know if they knocked some shit over so i spent shit the processor was 340 the board was 150 yeah the RAM was 100, blah, 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 blah. Um, also bought a solid-state drive. Now, I couldn't afford a graphics card. Graphics card, a graphics card would have run me for a moderately decent one, 250, you know, right. 250, 300. Where's the cost at? I mean, we're talking, that's right. pretty fucking expensive. When you can, when someone can just, if someone looks at my receipt, <laughs> he goes what are you doing that for oh because i play you know games on the computer okay great i can sit there and tell them all day but the computer does more and you could do that and they'll be like yeah, that's great dude i'm gonna i'm gonna go get a console right i'm gonna go you spend know, 300 bucks and get an xbox or a playstation pc and pc gaming is not for casual gamers at no. all no it's it's for the hardcore and i and, and i think and that's I, where the big difference is right and i see the market splitting too with pc gaming it's not declining, but you're seeing certain kinds of games on PC that are just better on PC. Um, Civilization VI, for instance, I've been playing that. I would never want to play this on a fucking console. You couldn't pay me to play this on a console. <laughs> you know, so wow. well, maybe you could pay me. Maybe you could pay me. You know, I mean, I might throw throw it on real quick. But, <laughs> or or you the just simulation games and, and stuff like that. And then you have a lot of games that run better on the PC because they require more memory and require more processing power and such like that. But your average Call of Duty player, he just wants controller in his hand. He doesn't give a shit what the machine is. Yeah, and I think a lot of that so. too has to be like what what are the games that are actually pushing the console market? 
when you got the right. Call of Duties and the the NBA Lives and you know all of that stuff, the Maddens and things like that. Those are what's doing it. And those games on a console would not, I mean, on a uh, PC, you know, definitely aren't those games. So I think I think it's a it's it is in a lot of ways a an easy question, but it's not. You you say that yeah, there's a lot of different factors. Yeah. So I don't really I. Yeah, I don't, I mean, and like I said, you know, I don't have a lot of PC gaming experience, but at the same time, it's like, if you look at it through a rational brain, you can actually form an, uh, uh, form an opinion. Because, I mean, I could say, go, fucking no, console is better. You know, it's like, no, it's not. I've seen PC gaming and I've seen, you know, what a uh, top of the line $3,700 rig can, you know, produce, but I can also see what a uh, $600 rig can produce and you know the 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 quality is quite vast the quality difference is quite vast so yeah. i mean it just really depends on but then also that goes into the hardcore stuff too because now you're talking about pixel densities and right. fucking you know like things that most people don't even give a fuck about they just yeah. want it to be purdy you know so i want it to look like a movie you know, <laughs> I want it to be real party, boss. <laughs> now, if you want 60 frames per second, if that's important to you, you got to go PC gaming. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But all right. So that was a good wow. question. Thanks, Orbital, for that. Um, so on that note, uh, yeah, we still want to continue hearing your stuff, questions, all that kind of good stuff. Go ahead and uh, ask us on our you know, social media havens. Go ahead through Facebook, Google+, Instagram, Twitter, even Snapchat, or you can do like Orbital did and just comment on one of the podcasts on the website, thelazygeeks.com, uh, or email us at our email bag, thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. And uh, usually we'll save them for the Just Another Podcast, but with our recording schedule and then the way out the holidays are roaming, it's uh, this next two months are going to be a little different, so... The way my bank account's set up. <laughs> we got our <laughs> Patreon that's gonna only yeah. <laughs> that's gonna accept uh uh questions. So no uh but uh keep adding um keep asking us and you know we'll put them into some of the main shows until we get back to our normal schedule, probably back in February. So yeah. So until then you can go ahead and find me on the interwebs on Twitter at a middle age geek, Instagram, middle age underscore geek, or check out my blog, the middle And I'm on Twitter. Sapien TLG. <laughs> Hello. And I'm, yes. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> so, um, thoroughly enjoy being on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. And be sure to tune in on Friday for November's installment of The Cheap Seats, where we have the touch, and we have the power. power. Yeah. And we'll be talking about The Transformers, the movie, the 1986 version animated film. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, we'll be we'll be doing a lot of yeah. touching and a lot of powering. So Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't quite know how to... How to like, handle that? I was like, well, was I asleep through that? <laughs> uh, so that is it for I us. Agree. <laughs> Same. Uh, I'm saying it's probably going to be the best podcast you ever heard in your life. But okay, you know what? Maybe not the best podcast you ever hear in your life, but pretty fucking close. Just listen. We've got the touch. Okay, <laughs> that's all I'm trying to say. 
<laughs> All right, so that is it for us this week. So until next time, peace out. This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.